good evening. It's November 10th, I believe that's right. 9 and 6, my name is Tom Kearney, and this radio station is WPTF. 680 on your AM dial and 98.5 on your FM dial. And we are live and in real time. And we are five nights to the week, Monday through Friday from 9 until 10. And we try to bring you programs that edify and uh, entertain. And uh, tonight the, the topic is one of our floating programs that we call Nostalgia. And it has to do with a bit of a, a kind of like a wake or the late Alex Trebek. And also we'll be talking, I hope, about some other um, game shows. We will use that loose that term loosely. Uh, and we hope you will join us. I'll give you the telephone number at different times throughout the evening. And, and don't be bashful. Because one of the things I, I think is, is valuable in times like these when we're quarantined, locked in, don't get to get out very much, is that we talk to each other. And so one of the reasons for bringing the nostalgia form in is to give us a chance at least one night a week, sometimes more, because many nights we have guests and don't don't have interaction between the audience and, and the host. But tonight we do, and uh, we want you to join the, the wake for Alex Trebek and Jeopardy. Uh, 919 is the area code, 860-9783, 860-WPTF. If you have letters on your telephone, 860, and then just type in WPTF. Find the buttons that go with that, and you can join us. And don't be bashful. Um, long ago, when I was eight or nine years old and wanted to get a TV, I'd, I'd you know, read in the newspaper about television, but Eastern North Carolina did not have a TV station, if you were in the northern part of eastern North Carolina, say up around Ahoskie and Elizabeth City, you could watch Norfolk TV stations, and if you were anywhere else, well, you really didn't have any stations. Uh, the uh, uh, station uh, in Charlotte was the first station in North Carolina, and the station in Greensboro was the second television station, but stations in Washington, North Carolina, and Wilmington. And uh, there had been a, VH, a UHF station in Raleigh, but it had gone off the air. It didn't have a very large radius of transmission either, but I wanted a television. And uh, finally, in May of 1954, we got a television, and I became a child of the TV generation, and I watched a lot of television. And over the years, I have watched a lot of television. We have, a, we have good trivia about television. But lately, the last few years, I've been losing my interest. It's just uh, programs are not as good as they used to be. Once in a while you'll find something good. The whole point of this is to set up the fact that there's only one TV program on now that I go out of my way to watch. That I say I can't eat now, I can't answer the telephone. I mean, when when, when I was a kid, we used to have the TV in the dining room. My, my mother wasn't real crazy about that, but we watched television while we ate. We didn't have TV dinners and TV tables. We we had the TV right there where the table was. And we were the television generation. And uh, the main reason I didn't watch any more television than I did over the years was that I had to go to school and I had to work. I haven't seen a lot of nighttime television since uh, about 1989 and 1990 when we started doing this program, except on weekends. But there's one program that I wanted to watch. If you called in that program, I might, I might, I usually didn't, but I might ask you to call back later. And that program was Jeopardy. 
Now, I was not there the first day that it was on. Uh, it, it, well, actually, it had, it had a checkered history. It was on television. Yeah, I think it was a daytime program, and, and it came on in the late 60s, like 66, and was on for about 10 years, went off the air in 75, and the amounts of money that you won were $40 or $80 rather than $400 or $800. The amount of money went up when it returned. But after it returned in 1984, the, the host of it was a man named Alex Trebek, who was a Canadian who had come to the United States and who had a long history of emceeing game shows, lots of different ones. And uh, But uh, he was picked to do this Jeopardy. I think Jeopardy was kind of the thinking man's uh, game show. And uh, one that did that you, you had to, to know a certain amount of stuff, and you had to phrase the question a question. You had to ask. You got the answer. What they gave you on the program was the answer. What you had to do was say, what the question was that would give you that answer. It was, it was in reverse, created by Merv Griffin, who was an uh, entrepreneur in television production and uh, somewhat of a talk show host at one time. He was on at the time that he would have competed with Johnny Carson and that sort of stuff. But he was, and he, and he, uh, was, he was well off. He owned some hotels and things like that in Las Vegas. But he, he created a, two of the most popular, and they're still on, and that's why I'm alluding to them, uh, Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune, and uh, uh, my wife likes Wheel of Fortune because she's good at recognition. She's a lot better at that than I am, and I, I have recall. I, if I ever knew it, I usually remember it. Although as the as the time goes by, that's declining, but but still I'm in pretty good shape. But uh, but I'd love to watch that show because even if I don't get it right, I enjoy because you learn a lot of stuff on there. You learn, I'm trying to remember now what the big question was tonight. If anybody knows the big question, give me a call, 919-860-9783. And uh, if, if, if you know what the, the, the big question was, and, and I'm expecting to hear tonight from some people who want to testify, as I am now testifying, to how much they enjoyed watching Jeopardy and, and learning the stuff that you could learn on it. I like to listen to the BBC, which is the International Radio Service of the British Broadcasting Corporation. I used to listen to it on shortwave. Now I listen to it on my computer. But they have a program called Brain of Britain, which is the same sort of program. It has contestants, and they're asked questions. And if you listen to it, you can end up learning a whole lot of stuff. Learn about stuff you want to look up. But uh, I am a fan of Jeopardy and a fan of Alex Trebek, who it turned out over the years, developed into the perfect host uh, for the show. Uh, they showed recently a uh, uh, celebration of the 35th or 36th anniversary of the show, and knowing that Mr. Trebek was unwell, he announced a couple of years ago on the show that he had pancreatic cancer, and that's usually something that one does not deal with very long. He, he made a couple of years out of it. Though and continued to work, I think he recorded the last show I, I read or heard which uh, will be shown, by the way, at the end of... Uh, the, they've got about 35 shows in the can, and the last show will be shown on Christmas night of this year. And he recorded it about a year and a half ago, He about a week and a half ago. He worked, despite the chemotherapy and all the 
withdrawn his energy until a year and a half ago because he was really dedicated to the program. But uh, uh, he showed an early episode, and what was interesting is he how much how much uh, up, more upbeat he was rather than reserved and kind of cool. I'm not saying he was better or worse. He was just different. But he was a younger man, 35 years younger. He was, let's see, about 45, and uh, he was 80 when he passed away. I think his birthday was July 22nd. He was born in Sudbury in Canada, in, in Ontario, Canada. That's in the very southern part of, uh, of uh, the province of Ontario, not far from Toronto, I believe, and Hamilton and places like that. And he was now started out, he wanted to be in radio like a lot of us do, and he uh, was an announcer and gradually got to hosting weird uh, game shows and he talked, crossed over the border. He became an American citizen, by the way, in 1998. And uh, but uh, So what we're going to do is a little bit of a tribute, if you will cooperate, and that means I'd like to hear from you if you'd like, like to say something nice about Mr. Mr. Trebek. Uh, uh, maybe you learned something on the program. Maybe you admired him for a particular quality. I did for his for his coolness and his kind of intellect. He ended up kind of being thought of as a, a man with a lot of wisdom, and I suspect he did have. And he and he, he emceed or presided over like the national uh, geography contest sponsored by Smithsonian, and he was kind of like I said the the brainy guys, a game show host, and. Uh, so, uh, yeah, but he, he tied uh, on Sunday. And so we're going to have a kind of a wake for him tonight. And we want you to join us. You, you will talk to Tom, that's me, but you will talk about game shows or you're watching Jeopardy. Uh, and uh, uh, we'll, we'll pay tribute to Alex Trebek tonight on this. And it's something to be nostalgic about uh, because uh, they're the kind of, game shows that we used to have, most of them are not on now. One of the, the, the one out of the classic game show type that's still on is The Price is Right. And then I sometimes hear the television in the other room with it on in the morning. I think it's on from 11 to 12. I'm not an expert, by the way, on uh, game shows because the time that they were on was the time usually when I was working and could not, in fact, watch them. But I think there is a game show channel where you can and, and we've had tributes. My brother knows a lot about them. And, and the news guy who works with us, uh, Bruce. John, what's Bruce's last name? Farrell. Bruce Farrell, who's our uh, news guy that you hear in the middle of the day. He's a big uh, game show person. He, 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 had, he did a trivia program with us one time. But I do want to have, to have some phone calls tonight at 919-860-9783. And you'll ask some sort of halfway trivia questions. In fact, one of the things I want you to contribute to, and I don't know the answer to this, but Jeopardy would show up on a lot of other television shows. I know uh, there was a Jeopardy uh, episode on a uh, Jeopardy program on an episode of Golden Girls. I think Betty White was the was the Golden Girl who was the contestant. And by the way, Betty White and Alex Trebek were very good friends. In fact, she knew most of the people. Uh, well, a lot of people in entertainment and people in television game shows because her, her husband, who died long ago, Alan, uh, can't think of Alan's last name now. Uh, but anyway, maybe 
maybe I can look it up during the break. But anyway, he he was a, a talk show host, and he, he the last time I saw him on television, he was the host of something called the GE College Bowl, which was for, for college students. And our, our local Channel 5 has a high school version of that on. It's on on Saturday uh, during regular school years and so on. But, but Betty White is... I think she had her first TV program in the in the in the 1950s. She's over 90 now and uh, still out there slugging away. But we're interested tonight in Alex Trebek, who has left us, and how you felt about the program Jeopardy. I I liked it, and uh, like I said, it's the one the last program that I write down uh, that I go out of my way that I drive a little faster or finish my meal or postpone something or take the phone off the hook or whatever. Uh, I do watch a fair amount of television, but it's incidental. I watch whatever's on and, and uh, try to stay awake in the meantime. It's a good, good thing for help, helping to put you to sleep, for instance, at night. And, uh, but, but, I mean, I, this is not to say I'm not entertained by it, but there's nothing as special as Jeopardy is and was. We're going to take a break now, and in the meantime, and during the break, if you want to dial 919-860, Nine seven eight three eight six zero WPTF. You can join me, and you can talk with Tom tonight, because uh, I'm been quarantined. I'm been shut up, and I haven't really had much conversation all day today. So I'm looking forward to talking with you about Alex Trebek, about game shows, about what my favorite game show was when we finally got that television back in 1954. I remember it like it was yesterday. It had people like Bill Cullen and Henry Morgan and Jane Meadows on it, uh, but. Uh, I'll see if you can figure out what show that was. If you do, you want to call up, we can start right there. 919-860-WPTF. We'll be back. Tonight's nostalgia edition of the Tom Kearney Show, designed to recognize uh, uh, the passing of and commemorate uh, the, the popularity and how much we enjoyed him of Alex Trebek, the longtime host of... Uh, 36 years and, and counting uh, when he passed away on Sunday of uh, Jeopardy, one of my favorite programs uh, and a program that's been in syndication along with its sister program, Wheel of Fortune, for many years and in the excess uh, period uh, uh, networks cannot control the time before 8 o'clock. Uh, stations have excess. I'm going to have to discuss that with somebody who knows about like Dr. Funkhauser, who knows about television programming. At one time, the networks would have had uh, control of that time, too, but it, a, a law was passed that released that time to the local stations. And when you're watching Jeopardy! and Wheel of Fortune, you're watching a syndicated program that the station has uh, negotiated for outside the network system. But anyway, John tells me we have a caller. John, I've already forgotten our caller's name. Uh, Herb from Fuquay. I, sh- no, I should have known. Herb. And, uh, you're at- Herb, are you there? Are you in Fuquay? Yes, sir. How you doing, Tom? How I'm doing fine. Tom? We've talked before, haven't we? Oh, yeah. We've talked about the monkeys and Elvis. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well, John tells me that you want to talk not about Alex Trebek, although you might be, but, but about his predecessor. Right. Um, I grew up watching... Jeopardy like you did, and I used to love Art Fleming. I mean, uh, Alice Trebek was Trebek was great too, but Art Fleming, where I think was the first Jeopardy host on there, 
And the strange thing about it, I just saw this two nights ago. I was reading somewhere. Art Fleming and Alex Trebek both died of the same disease. They both died of pancreatic cancer. Right. I did not know that, but it is. it has the history, at least in my recognition, of being one of those that uh, is very aggressive and hard to... Uh, Hard to deal with that. So, yeah. If one finds well, that one has pancreatic cancer, it, uh, uh, it, it it's yeah. probably a, a short time affair. I, I think some people do better with it than than uh, uh, than others do. But I will tell you something uh, that, uh, that we used to have an engineer at WPTF named uh, Oh John. Why why can't I think of his name? I just said it to you. Uh, uh, but the, Bob Royal. Bob Royal. We started at WPTF back in the 40s, in fact, 1942. And he told me one time that uh, Art Fleming worked at WPTF for a short period, like maybe six months. Now, oh. I've never looked it up. I've never seen an official record, but that's what Bob said uh, right yeah. after World War II. You know, a lot of soldiers got out and had to find jobs wherever they could. And uh, I know yeah. ultimately Art Fleming used to work at KMOX in St. Louis, which is a station that broadcast the Cardinals, and in fact, I used to listen to a trivia show on the station that Art Fleming and somebody else did, and this was, yeah. that's where I got the idea of doing so much trivia from, because I enjoyed listening to it, but he had yeah. worked for the network, Art Fleming had, and, you know, done national things, but I think he, he lived in St. Louis, so he worked part, sort of part-time at the local radio station. Yeah, so, well, I remember Bob, Bob Royal, uh, back Bart Rittner, all the good announcers who are no longer with us or, you know, not on the radio anymore in this area, but um, Art Fleming had a great, just upbeat way about him. I used to love to watch him on Jeopardy, and every time I see Jeopardy, even though Nancy, even today, I think of Art Fleming. Well, I think that's fair. What you ought to do, I find it that almost, you, there's almost everything on YouTube, and is to go to your computer and crank it up and look up for uh, Art Fleming uh, Jeopardy and see if they don't, they probably got some, you know, clips from it or something that could, you know, bring back a few memories for you. Yeah, that would be great. Well, yeah. WPTF has always been so special to me. And Bart Rittner and Gary Dornberg, uh, Wally Osley, just, I was yeah. in high school when all those good announcers were on. And even even today, I, I enjoy still knowing that you're still on there too. And it's, it's a special thing. I know it, it represented We Protect the Family, I think was. Right, that was the, the slogan of the Durham Life Insurance Company, which owned it from 19, I think, 28 to 1991. Curtis Media took over. But uh, there's still a, thank you for saying a nice thing about me. I was one of the latest ones. I just came along in 82, so I've been about... Yeah, you were Tall Donna Mason. They used to call her Tall Donna Mason. It was yeah. just another radio station. But, yeah, I remember you do some remote shows occasionally uh, with Donna. Y'all also went so good. And I know your time's out, but I just wanted to, you know, let you know that and tell you I hope you're doing well. I wish you well. God bless you, and I'll keep on listening. That's what, that's the thing to do, and call us when you can. We'd love to talk. That's the whole idea. Thank you, Herb. Appreciate it. Okay, Tom. Thank you, uh, too, but good uh, night. We have good listeners, and we have loyal listeners, because a lot of them have been with us for a long time. And he's right. Our time is out for now. Uh, it's good that we have timekeepers in the audience. It's uh, 930 and time for the news. 933 at WPTF. Time to go back to work. Tom Kearney here. This is the point where we usually do a little promoing before we go back to talking about uh, 
Jeopardy and the death of longtime host Alex Trebek. You you might want to join us, by the way, uh, 919-860-9783, 919-860-WPTF, and uh, join our wake for Alex and and uh, to comment on uh, the uh, longtime uh, career that he had presiding over the program Jeopardy. Uh, Coming up tomorrow night, Dr. Joe Cadell, our resident military historian, uh, is going to be with us to talk about some things surrounding the end of World War One. Uh, I won't say the, the peace treaty was signed in, in connection with November 11th, because that was, in fact, an armistice, uh, a time when the, the shooting stopped. Uh, of course, we always remember the thing of the 11th. Uh, the armistice was signed to stop the shooting at 11, the 11th hour of the 11th day on the 11th day, and that was November 11th, uh, 1918. And uh, Dr. Cadell will be with us tomorrow evening. Uh, on the Thursday night, Austin Maddox will be here to talk about uh, coins and stamps, uh, from Maddox Coins and Stamps, and Friday night is, is trivia night. So we hope you'll join us when you can. We're here every night, Monday through Friday, from 9 to 10 on WPTF. And uh, tonight, as I said, we're talking about uh, Jeopardy and the passing of Alex Trebek. John, do we have any callers at this point? No callers at this time, Tom. Okay. Uh, talk with Tom and share your feelings about this. If you were a particular fan of the show, or if you learned anything from it, or there was a night that you thought uh, that you got all... Anybody call up and tell me, how well did you do? I usually could get about... Uh, unless it was it was recent popular music, which I was a complete bust at, but uh, if it had any historical context to the question, I would get about probably 75% of the questions. Some nights better and some nights worse. But it just depended, uh, as Alex would point out, sometimes the champion on a particular night determined on what questions popped up. But uh, uh, here's a, a question for you. Um, I mentioned earlier that the program was popular enough that it showed up in, in, in places throughout the culture. There were numbers of movies and television programs that uh, somebody is there watching Jeopardy. One of my favorite movies, it's in my top five, I think, is uh, Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day used to mean that the groundhog came out and saw a shadow or didn't, and you knew what the weather was going to be. Well, that's still there, too, but Groundhog Day, the movie, is about a man who's got a problem, and he has to keep working on it, and have to, his days are repeated until he gets it right. And uh, one of the things that, that happens is that because his day is repeated each day beginning at 6 a.m., good trivia question is uh, the radio wakes him up. What song is the radio playing? Every day. In fact, he gets so angry at it that he smashes the radio. But he's going downstairs to have his breakfast. He's staying at a B&B. &B. And uh, he stops and sits down, and he gets all the answers. Of course, each day of his is the same as the day before, so he'd already seen the program. He had already gotten the correct answers to the question. But there are different ways that Jeopardy has shown up on other shows, movies, TV programs, if you can think of any, if you remember any, let, let me know tonight, 919-860-9783, 919-860-WPC. One particular that fascinated me was had to do with the program 
Cheers, and Cliff Craven, the mailman slash barfly. He sat there with Norm most of the time, arguing and maybe drinking a lot of beer, and uh, he ended up being on Jeopardy. Now, uh, what I want you to tell me, this is, this is a good trivia question. We're not going to have a lot of trivia questions tonight, but what happened to Cliff? Did he win or did he lose or did he come out in the middle? 919-860-9783. What did Cliff Craven, what was his experience of being a contestant on Jeopardy? And that's an example. That was, Cheers was, of course, a very popular program and, and uh, the uh, popularity of Jeopardy. Uh, it's kind of the intellectuals uh, uh, quiz show. And uh, so uh, I want to know what happened to Cliff Clavin. When I first, we first got our television back in 1954, I think it was the second week of May, because I wanted to watch a baseball game, and that's the first thing I watched. But uh, my, I can remember some of, some of my favorite programs. Not long after that, I started watching Sergeant Bilko. But they, there was a uh, one form of the game show that was around in the early days, uh, and it was uh, would have famous people trying to guess some secret about a person or the person's job or whatever, or what kind of lie. There was three of them actually. They were very popular. To tell the truth, uh, which still shows up occasionally uh, in syndication. Uh, what's my line? And uh, I've got a secret. And I've got a secret was just about my favorite program for the first few years we had a television. It was on Wednesday night, I think. And Gary Moore was the host of it. And it had a varied uh, panelist who would try to guess what a certain person. A whole bunch of these are on YouTube. If you like those programs, you can go back and watch them. But that was the kind of show that I liked rather than uh, uh, concentration of the match game and, and, and uh, Family Feud. I, although I, I think Richard Dawson was the secret of Family Feud and watching it. He made the, a program that had been around into uh, something that people really like to watch. But again, then again, the question, what we want someone to try to answer is um, Cliff Craven. In fact, I was watching... Uh, an episode of Jeopardy one night, and I was, somebody was here, a friend, or maybe my brother-in-law or something, and I said, well, I have to hope in the final solution, when they answer the final question, that they don't, he doesn't pull a Cliff Clavin. What what happened to Cliff Clavin when he was on Jeopardy? It was a really interesting, I think, thing to happen. And it showed Cliff Clavin, I guess, for what he was. But uh, tell us what, what happened there. 919 860 9783 919 WPTF. The panel shows, like What's My Line, which what they had to guess was what the person did. Sometimes it would be some person really famous and easily recognizable. Joe DiMaggio was on there, for instance. Uh, Andy Griffith was on there. Uh, they would blindfold the, the panel and they would, would uh, try to guess uh, what the person's line was. What's My Line? I've Got a Secret was uh, about what the person did sometimes or a particular hobby they had or something they had accomplished, like climbing to the top of the Eiffel Tower. But uh, 
and usually they were not recognizable people. I was actually looked at an episode tonight, and they had the former mayor of Dublin, Ireland on. I've got a secret. And his secret was, uh, before he became mayor, and while he, his business was making kosher uh, meat in, in, uh, in, in Dublin, a very Catholic city, and he was a very Jewish person. But he was mayor of Dublin. What's my line? I've got a secret and uh, to tell the truth. And the person has to try to tell a believable lie and to answer uh, questions about it. So 919-860-9783, 919-860-WPTF. As I said, I've got a secret. I always loved Gary Moore. Gary Moore, in addition to having the, being the, chief announcer, and people like Bill Cullen and Harry Morgan, Henry Morgan, actually, not not Carl Potter, the other one. Uh, Jane Meadows was on there, Jane Meadows, who was Steve Allen's wife, and uh, I think Bennett Surf was on the one I told about. He was the publisher of Random House Books in New York, big big deal, you know, famous people. But uh, 919-860-WPTF, uh, and uh, I don't. I didn't watch the end of the show because we had to come and do this. But I'm going to go back and watch. Uh, I've got a secret and see if they figured out who the mayor of Dublin was and what his his real job was. Or watch my line, or to tell the truth. But those shows. Uh, it's interesting when you review the first years of television. There was probably more intelligent programming in the 1950s than there has been in any decade since then, or in in fact, just about any two or three decades, because a lot of, they didn't have a lot of, of stuff to put on. So they put on a lot of things uh, that were on, uh, well, I know CBS on Sunday morning, what they did on the network was to run the programs that were on WCBS in New York, and most of them were very high-class intellectual programs. There was a, a program sponsored by the Catholic Church that was, very, very intellectual, and one by uh, a lamp unto my feet. I think was was a Jewish program that was on on uh, WCBS in New York. The Eye on New York uh, would quite often have plays or interviews with uh, actors. Uh, not the kind of thing that you see very much on commercial television now. And in fact, it had disappeared enough by the early 1960s that uh, the one of the members of the Federal Communications Commission said about television, a man named Newton Menno, that television had become a vast wasteland because it was basically light entertainment. And uh, good entertainment, but light entertainment, and not intellectually challenging. And that's the way I would say Jeopardy was. You, you had to know some stuff to do well on Jeopardy. And there were other things that, had, that you had to know, too. You could you had to have a strategy. Uh, the, the last year, there was a guy named James. Uh, I called him uh, Jeopardy James Holzhauer, who earned a lot of money, and he had a particular strategy that, that worked for him. He ended up being, I think, the third highest money winner of all time after Ken Jennings and Brad Rutter. They were the three champions that played off for the the ultimate championship in some time in the, within the last year. Those are the ones who had earned. Ken Jennings, you may remember, was the guy who was on their 74 
straight times and won before he lost. At one time, if you won five contests on Jeopardy, you had to retire. And uh, about the year 2000, they upped the amount of money. They doubled the amount of money for, for each question that one could win. And they uh, gradually did away with the, the fact that if you won five, you had to had to leave. They let you go on as long as you were winning. And Jennings, I think, in 2004, got up to seven. And nobody has come close to that. I think uh, Jeopardy James got up to about 35 appearances or something like that before he lost. He, he earned quite a bit of money, though, because he was a high roller. He's the guy who was a professional gambler. But uh, Alex Trebek presided over all of this, becoming more distinguished-looking and more reserved and kind of cool. Uh, I think the first show I saw him on, which he was on in 1984, uh, when he would have been uh, in his early 40s, he was a little more bouncy and a little more upbeat. But gradually, he became, I think, sort of recognized. So you began to believe that he knew all the answers. John, John Sauter, our producer, was telling me that uh, he had seen a program in which uh, they had, uh, interviewed and followed the career of Mr. Trebek, and then he he did something that I would do, and that is he he was working with the producers and telling them which questions he thought were too hard, and probably some of them were too easy. He was trying to create a situation in which somebody could win, which I've always thought was the right thing to do, and not try to, in fact, stump somebody. John? Uh, do we need to give the phone number out, 919-860-9783? Uh, if you uh, know uh, something uh, that you want to contribute to our program, uh, do that. We're going to pause right now, and we'll be back to talk uh, a few more minutes about Alex Trebek and Jeopardy. Alex died on Sunday uh, after 36 years as the host of the program. Tom Kearney, WPTF. 952. Uh, we've got time enough to get your call in if you want to try to answer the trivia question. The trivia question having to do with uh, the fact that uh, Cliff Craven, the Barfly postal employee uh, on Cheers, was uh, on Jeopardy. And he did something kind of weirdly interesting. And it turns out self-defeating. Maybe that's a hint. But in any case, what, what happened to Cliff? And I bring this up because we, our nostalgia program tonight is recognizing that uh, Alex Trebek, the longtime host, much venerated, of um, over 8,000 shows he had done of Jeopardy, uh, passed away this Sunday at the age of 80. He had had uh, cancer, and uh, but uh, much venerated. And as I was saying to you, it's the it was the last program. It is the last program that I go out of my way to watch that I say, it's almost 7 o'clock, Sue, so let's go watch Jeopardy. Now, I watch a lot of television. I, I admit that, but it's incidental. It's a lot of time it's just what's on, or I turn it on and say, let's see if I can find something to kind of put my mind in neutral and absorb this. And, and the truth is, a lot of stuff on television will completely jelly, jelly your brains if you watch enough of it. And uh, so, uh, but... Uh, I was pointing out that one of the things that uh, shows the Jeopardy's presence in our culture is that a lot of television programs and movies, it's in, it's in uh, 
the one that I noticed particularly was in Groundhog Day when, when Bill Murray is uh, lost in time and every day is being repeated. They're, the fates are waiting for him to get 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 the idea and find out that he's he's got a life and he's got to get it right and then he can get off the off the mark there and get get back to, to business. He and he works on his relationship with Allie Mc uh, and what's her name McDowell. Uh, any, anyway, he uh, he completely wows the people in the B and B staying in by knowing all the answers to the questions. But of course. They don't know that he's repeating every day. He's he's been here before. Now Cliff Craven's another case. He he gets off the bar stool and goes and is on the program, and uh, something happens to him that is indicative of, well, I guess his state of mind. But uh, I, I just would like to think that somebody paid attention to that. You have about one minute. So let's see if you can dial up nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three and. Tell me what happened to Cliff Craven. They have not decided. Uh, I don't, they, they may have a plan. Uh, I don't, I've seen a couple of interviews with the producer, and he really didn't talk about it. He was more concerned with recognizing the passing of, of Alex Trebek, but uh, the kind of person that uh, might take over for Alex. It's going to be hard shoes to fill. They on the program, Ken Jennings, earlier this year as a, as a support person, and I had imagined, knowing for the last two years as we did it, at some point Alex would, would either retire or, or pass on, uh, that he might be the choice. Whether he could, in fact, handle the job, we don't know. But there are a number of people that have been mentioned, and I suppose the media will follow this uh, along the way. But uh, it, uh, it's going to have to be uh, a number one person because rather like the other program uh, the, from the Merv Griffin stable that is usually paired with Jeopardy and that is Wheel of Fortune Pat Sajak would be hard to replace too as Alex Trebek would be hard to replace well Alex has left us uh, but uh, there are 35 shows in the can I think they say they're going to show the last one that he made which he made about two weeks ago on the Christmas Day so we can watch him until then, and of course, I guess they can repeat them over time. Tomorrow night, we're going to talk about the end of World War One and Armistice Day on November 11th, uh, 1918.